a nice thing to think about rather than comparison is inspiration. So, you know, I've, I've hung out with Dylan a couple of times. It's not a comparison, is that if, if, he didn't, if he didn't exist in that world of stuff and didn't make me think like, wow, that's, that stuff's possible, that stuff that I definitely can't do is possible, for me now is possible. And it was a grind and I worked really hard, but if I just took that self-defeatist of like, I'll never do that, then yeah, it's, it's gonna be a very depressing world. But if you look at someone and go, wow, this, this could be possible for me if my body allows it, let's have a go. Then it opens up a world because there's always bigger fish. Like that's a tough pill to swallow, but like, you know, there's always bigger fish, stronger fish, more flexible fish. And you just gotta like love your body for, for where it is and where it's at and what it is capable of and then work with it and measuring yourself against where you started, not where you're going. That's Dan Morgan, and this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hello, welcome back. Episode 27 with Dan Morgan. Dan was with me for a whole weekend. He came over here to teach a series of workshops and we, we, we hit it off straight away. I met him on the Friday evening when he flew over. Um, he came to my class, which was interesting. It was um, pretty busy class and uh, Dan was at the front doing crazy handstands, which uh, <laughs> shocked a few, a few people. We don't get much of that in Ireland. Um, but um, yeah, and then we he stayed with me for one evening and we did the podcast on the Sunday morning before he left, went back home. Um, he's very easy to get on with, very likable guy, um, you know, very happy-go-lucky, positive type of personality. And you'll see, you'll notice, I'm just listening back to this episode. I'm uh, very relaxed, almost slightly laddish. Um, it's just, uh, it's nice to meet someone face to face doing a podcast as opposed to doing it remotely it's just what changes the dynamic completely especially when you've known them for a couple of days um but yeah so dan i think the most the most important thing about dan is he is one of the youngest if not the youngest teacher i've spoken to and the most successful for his age you could ask how do you define success for me it's someone who is in who I would uh, assume is financially stable, someone who has many revenue streams, who is creating, for want of a better word, um, a recognizable brand, and then they're known to be an expert in their area, and that's what Dan is, and in not just one area, but many areas, as you'll find out. So I hope you enjoy it and learn a lot from it. Um, just goes to show you don't have to be teaching for a long time to do great things this podcast is is doing really well by the way so thanks to everyone we've reached over 50 five star reviews if you would be kind enough to add on to that um you can find it on itunes where you can leave a review and a rating and also please subscribe i've never actually asked to do that but it's, that helps as well I, someone told me um today that they had an issue leaving a review it wouldn't accept it so if you do have any issues with technical issues leaving a review let me know that'd be great so i hope you enjoy this conversation with dan hello mate hello mate how are you i'm good thank you man how are you doing i'm good mate good weekend 
Loved it, mate. Fantastic weekend. Yeah. Your first weekend in Dublin? First weekend in Dublin, yeah. Oh, well, first weekend teaching in Dublin, yeah. What would um, you reckon? Loved it. Yeah, I love coming to Ireland. So um, I think I've been here, I guess, three or four times this year. Mm. Um, and I came here a lot last year as well. And yeah, great community. Um, yeah, I love the Irish people. Like I spent a lot of time here now over the last few years, both for work and coming here for various other trips. Mm. And yeah, I love it here. But, but you come down, because I knew you were coming to Ireland before, but it was to Waterford, was it? Yeah, Waterford, yeah. What, I, what's down in Waterford? I taught a studio there. Um, so they've got a great community down there mm. as well. So I taught a house of yoga in Waterford. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, weekend of workshops, much like this weekend. Uh, great community, yeah, really, really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a good turnout because um, to give people some context, I went to both your workshops yesterday, and there's a re really good turnout. And um, I think that Yoga Hub does really well at getting like a lot of high-profile teachers in. You know, and I think it's, I mean, it's probably the biggest studio in Dublin. It's a, if people don't know, it's a chain of studios, a bit like. Try yoga in London, I suppose, to to give you the context. Um, <clears throat> but you go all around the world. I mean, you were saying last night you don't teach public classes at the moment. Yeah. So at the moment, no public classes. So yeah. um, just private clients. And then, yeah, events. So I'll teach weekend seminars or CPD trainings or teacher trainings, the intensives, 200 hours or part of 300 hours. Um, retreats, that sort of thing, yeah. So majority of my time this year has been traveling mm. uh, and being welcomed into other people's communities or, you know, providing trainings for people mm. and then private clients and then training, so sort of continued development for myself. Mm -hmm. So various other courses and I love learning and developing myself, so yeah. I think when you look at your Instagram, which is what a lot of people do in terms of networking, for yoga, it's quite easy to get caught up in the aesthetics of impressive arm balancing, but you do a lot more than that, which even I didn't realize. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of yours, uh, you know, but I didn't realize all the other stuff you do. So what you do FRC. FRC, massage therapy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've got an interest a lot in sort of postural work. Um, so something called PRI that I'm now starting to learn a bit about. So yeah, postural restoration and understanding how breathing affects our body and the position of our pelvis and our ribcage, our, our diaphragm, and it all gets very, very deep, <laughs> but very interesting. And then that, the combining of the worlds between sort of massage therapy and getting hands-on and being able to um, carefully manipulate a body, mm. for instance, on like a massage table, mm. and then also teaching people how to control themselves with their movement. Mm. So sometimes people don't have uh, a functioning joint just yet, and so you've got to take them through those ranges passively and you can guide them with movements of their arm, let's say, or their leg for their hip or their shoulder. And then once they start to understand that and they start to get that freedom without any pain mm. and then teaching them how they can control that movement in themselves, mm. which is where sort of the FRC comes in. Mm -hmm. And then yoga asana, the movement side of stuff, provides amazing movement variability. So just you know, giving people lots of opportunities to move in many different ways is, is great for keeping a healthy and functioning body. Mm. And of course, you've got all the, the other sides of the yoga practice, the other seven limbs of, you know, 
checking in with yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think there is such a thing as mindless yoga. As you were saying yesterday, that <laughs> it's easy to go to a class, a vinyasa class, sling your arms up in the air, put them back down again, fold forward, fold backwards, or bend backwards, without actually thinking what's the intention behind it. And I think it's really good and refreshing to see yoga modern yoga teachers that are coming at it um different movement practices but doing them mindfully because you could do frc in a really mindful way or cars and that type of thing mm. um and i i think it's important that people re-examine their physical practice it doesn't have to be a, a yoga class um so with the pri are you going you did you say that you're going to be teaching that next year or studying next year studying Okay. Yeah, so I'm studying uh, my second, um, I guess, massage course, which is for clinical pain. So it's dealing a lot with, let's say, conditions like frozen shoulder mm. or um, sacroiliac or lower back pain. So it's looking a lot more into to clinical issues because um, I found that, you know, a lot of people are coming to my classes because they want to be out of pain or their doctor or clinician has told them that yoga is good for everything, <laughs> you know, and yoga does provide a lot of answers, but it, I don't personally believe that it provides them all, um, which is why I stepped out into looking a little more at both sides of things. So I've done like a coaching course and now I'm considering studying therapy for that side of things or massage therapy so that we can get hands-on with people or I can look a little deeper into how they're moving mm. and working out what's going on on an individual, unique level for yeah. one individual. Because, yeah, <laughs> this topic can go many ways, but you know, sometimes people come to yoga looking for the cure. Uh, and the problem, in my opinion, is that in a group setting, it's not something you can deliver. You can't, you can't deliver a an individualized practice for one person. And I think some people may come with that expectancy. Um, and also people come expecting a, a yoga teacher to be a, a doctor or to understand every ache and pain and condition that a person would have, you know, and let's say you've got 20 to 50 or 60 people in a room, it's, you, you can check in with these things. And if you've got an awareness, you know, modify. But it's quite challenging, I think, for, for teachers coming out that with a with a basic level of anatomy and, you know, mm. not a doctor's degree mm -hmm. <laughs> of managing these things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's something I've been ex exploring now is where, where that line ends of how much a yoga teacher should know and mm. what is it their job to know as a teacher and not being afraid to say, I don't know that. Mm. And, it, you know, it's not my job to know that, but mm. I will facilitate this experience as safely and as and as well as I can for you. Mm -hmm. But because I'm curious um, and often referring people to like, you know, physiotherapists or osteopaths or counseling or it, it made me consider, well, if you're interested in these areas, why don't you start learning about them yourself? Mm -hmm. And so obviously things like therapy or counseling is, is a much longer term venture. Mm. It's not something I could just jump on an intensive course with and mm. be qualified in. And now as I'm seeing with the world of massages is, is endless. Body work is an amazing bottomless pit, yeah. as is yoga. Mm. Um, and I'm really pleased that I'm on that now and starting to work with more um, specific conditions. Mm. Um, so that if I have a private client come to me and they're like, 
I would love to do a handstand. And then I find out that they, they can't lift their arm up over their head safely or without pain. Mm then it's something that maybe we're going to have to find a way of getting to in different ways. So maybe that would be some therapy work on the table, mm. you know, working with their, their upper body until they've got that movement. And then we can work for the handstand. Mm -hmm. So just uh, more tools for the toolkit. Yeah. But you, and actually I didn't ask you this because we were chatting about this um, yesterday. Um, when you say counseling or not counseling or therapy, do you mean like um, kind of, not psychiatric, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, like a therapist, yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, so I um, I studied with Animas, which is like a transformative coaching um, school in London. And I did their course a year or so ago. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, but coaching is very present and future-based. So if anything comes up about the past, <clears throat> it's, it's not our... It's not our job or we're not qualified to go there um so obviously a lot of therapy deals with past-based experience and i think the difficulty again another thing that you know yoga teachers or yeah, to some degree pts or anyone that works in a class environment or a one-on-one -on -one is if anything like that comes up uh, is where does our where does our job role start and finish and i think that you know, for any newly qualified teachers out there or people considering is just being a pair of ears for someone to talk, it can do wonders. Mm. Um, you know, they, they say that most people can solve their own problems with 20 minutes inside a phone box speaking out loud. Um, you know, <laughs> is there's a lot of power in just being heard, feeling like you've mm. been listened to. Um, but much like the, you know, someone comes to my class with a, a lower back issue and, and yoga is not improving it or exacerbating it, then, okay, what other tools could I offer? Or does this need to be a referral to someone that knows a whole lot more about this than me? Mm. Is it's the same thing now with uh, my interest potentially in learning about therapy and stuff is it's kind of like the whole Edo portal thing of, you know, being a generalist um, rather than a specialist. Um, but, you know, I've, I've got a lifetime to hopefully become a, a, a generalist specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Learn a heap of stuff about a load of things. But I think it's, it's being okay with saying, I, I do or don't know this. And like, you know, I know someone that knows a lot more about this. So I think you should go and spend your money and time with this person that's going to benefit you so much more. And in the background of that, be learning about these things myself. But yeah, like to bring it back full circle, the whole therapy thing of, of why is that I think that yoga and the, the exploration and the inquisitive nature of finding out a little bit more about yourself, not only physically, but obviously what comes up for you when you're in these postures, like the postures being a vehicle for you to really discover yourself and all of the, the lovely things that come up when we're, we're doing it is that can also, for a lot of people, bring up <clears throat> things from the past that maybe we've not dealt with. Mm. And I've been on that journey. And some of it can be really small, little light things that are easily dealt with and easily move past. And some of them can be bigger, darker subjects. Um, and if that happens in in my class, or if that happens in a class I'm present in, is it can also be quite traumatic for the, the people in the room as well. Mm. Um, so I, for instance, was in a Kundalini class and one of the gentlemen had a, a really traumatic experience and he was just screaming. Um, and obviously that was 
quite worrying for the people around it but the teacher held it fantastically um it was at a festival so it was quite large numbers and there was obviously professionals on standby for anything that went wrong and so he was escorted somewhere quieter and safer and then they could make a decision where to go from there but let's say something smaller happens and and then your student comes and talks to you about it and they're like this happened to me uh, you know when i was 21 and it came up today i don't know what to do about it what do you think and that's like the <laughs> yeah like the the panic question are you give me your opinion tell me how to fix this you know and um this it's a difficult thing to deal with mm. um so just having enough information to know that it's okay just to say look i'm i'm happy to listen to you talk about this and and then maybe we could discuss where else you could go with this mm-hmm. who else do you need to go and speak to that may be able to help you move past this rather than trying to be the the counselor or the therapist myself when i don't have those mm-hmm. qualifications yeah but because i'm interested in the human and you know the physical and the psyche and the emotional and stuff is i'm i'm just fascinated by this stuff and how you know the mind and the body is is 100 so interlinked mm-hmm. yeah but but you touched on a couple of things there um you don't have to be i think if you constantly which is what you're doing re-examining uh your thought patterns, constantly educating yourself, relearning, unlearning, relearning, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> never ending. Yeah, never ending. I, I think that's what um, every teacher should be doing. I don't think we were talking about this the other well, yesterday. Um, that just because you've been teaching yoga for twenty years doesn't mean you're a good teacher. And that's a controversial thing to say, but. I've I've been to classes with teachers and teachers for twenty years. And I'm like they're just going for the motions. They haven't actually re-examined what they're teaching yeah. and questioned why. So, and you've been teaching for a relatively sh- short time in terms of what you've achieved. Um, but I think that duration doesn't mean um, expertise. It's if you're constantly looking to challenge your own thoughts and part of that, and that comes across because you we were saying like Jason Crandall. For, we were talking about this um how he may say something and go do you know what i've looked at this again and i actually think that i was maybe wrong the first time because i have a different approach and when you i think as humans when you hear someone say that or i simply i don't know you respect them way more you trust them way more and um i (laughs) i had the i've just started teaching on teacher training and the the guy that was heading up the training asked me a question in front of everyone and it was the first time I had to speak in front of everyone <laughs> and I didn't know the answer. So I said, <laughs> I said, I don't know. And everyone looked at me and then looked back at him and then he carried on talking and I sat there for about 20 minutes thinking, well, I should have said this, I should have that, but I didn't know the answer. Um, and I think I did the right thing. <laughs> but, you know, so, um, but it's, because a lot of people listen to this podcast, they're, they're teachers and they're, yeah. I've had so many people messaging me saying I'm working in an office and I'm teaching part-time and I, I don't think I can make the transition. But I think no, to know what you know and know what you don't know yeah. is, is so important. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what's, what's been your journey? No, I hate that word. <laughs> you're like through, um, so you're 27. Yeah, 27. Get, knock out some stats. Um, when did you first start teaching? Uh, it's coming up four years ago. Oh, teaching yoga? Yeah, coming up four years ago. And what did you do before that? 
<laughs> Starting when, good sir. Um, <laughs> okay, you, you take the floor. <laughs> um, so I was in uni. I studied music, so I'm a musician, a songwriter. Um, so I was in kind of um, let's say cash cow jobs after uni for a little while. So retail and coffee shops and all this sort of stuff because I was pursuing a career with my band, uh, which was which was on track and then uh, had like a car crash ending. Um, which is maybe a story for another time. It's like a couple hour podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, I was in a, in, a, in a band with a group of my best mates and um, right near a, a show that provided a, a really great opportunity. Uh, one of the members of the band left mm. and then the, the rug, the metaphorical rug was uh, pulled out from the band and it just all fell apart, um, which was a big struggle. Ruined, ruined friendships for a while, but that have now been reformed, which is amazing. So now oh, we're cool. we're back to where we were. But it kind of killed killed the joy of music for me for a little while because, yeah, of, obviously you know when you work really hard for something and you put all of your energy in, it's like a it's like a breakup, like a, a romantic breakup, but times five, mm -hmm. you know, with your best mates and also losing something that you've been passionately pursuing for, well, almost. A lifetime if you you know i started guitar from a very young age and then you know, piano and singing it's like an endeavor a lifelong endeavor up until that point that then came to a, a crashing halt so it's only really now that i'm starting to think like i really want to start writing again and i want to start like uh, exploring music as something for me um so that's that's back underway which is great mm -hmm. um and that's a great thing you know having something to express and create which is kind of uh sharing be that music or lyrics or knowledge has always been something i've been really really passionate about it's been like the common trend um for me throughout my life of like i taught i taught guitar um you know as well then teaching yoga and i've always been interested in sharing mm. um, and seeing people improve that's like uh, a big thing for me Mm. And then following the the music thing, I was then a promotional events manager for the uni that I studied at. So I went to like a, it's called BIM for all you aspiring musicians out there. It's, um, it's like a specialist industry school. So they have not only, you know, I went to study, for instance, guitar and then vocals, but you could go and do the business of music there if you're just interested in, in that side or music production or studio work. So they do degrees for each of these things. So they do an amazing thing providing these courses for people that, you know, are very talented in these areas where before it was, you know, you just had your music conservatoires where, you know, it was very um, traditional approach. Mm -hmm. So, um, I ended up working for them of basically then promoting or going to events promoting that university. So they took, you know, we took bands out on the road to different festivals or to colleges or to schools. It was like uh, all sorts of stuff just to promote the awareness of BIM. And it was a great job, you know, taking, taking bands out on the road and going to Europe or to different places around the UK. And, um, yeah, it was great where I, while it lasted, um, but it it got tiring um, because I was contracted, uh, like as a freelancer contracted by them, you know, it was rightly so, like I wouldn't have much notice. So it'd be like, Dan, next week we need you in Sweden for 10 days. Um, put your life on hold kind of thing mm. uh, in the nicest way possible. And it just got tiring. But what I learned is that I love travel. 
so I'd done bits and bobs and traveling before that, but you know, that really started to ignite my passion for like, wow, like I love seeing and experiencing different places, cultures, meeting different people, talking to people getting to know about them and, and their world. <clears throat> is that, is that coffee giving you a bit of a, like little a little tickle in the throat? Yeah, same here. Not the coffee, but just, we've got some kind of bright white voices though. So, you know, <laughs> every cloud, <laughs> sorry, Dan, go on. <laughs> and, um, so I, I was starting to think of what, what would give me this freedom to travel. So it would have to be self-employment because I was really enjoying that self-employment. Like at any point I could have decided not to take a contract hmm. um, and not to go on a job. So I was like, okay, but what aligned more with what I wanted to do and self-development and, you know, personal inquiry. And obviously yoga had been in, in the background um, for quite a while. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and develop my knowledge further in this and see what comes of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I looked into teacher trainings and uh, one of the girls that I was seeing near, near the time, she, she trained with Marion Wells in oh. Costa Rica. And she said it was a life-changing experience and all this sort of stuff. So I looked into various teacher trainings and you went, oh, you know what, personal recommendation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and train with Marion. So on my six week gap <laughs> from the over the Christmas holidays where there's not many events, off I went to Costa Rica. Um uh in the rainforest near Black Sand Beach. Absolutely uh life changing experience. And that just made things even more clear of I wanted to be on a path of helping or facilitating environments for people to help themselves. Yeah. to learn more about themselves, to to come to deeper understandings of who they are and what they really want from life. Because to be quite frank, after the, after the whole music crash landing, I was a little bit confused for a while about where I was headed, like where is this going? Um, so to have that month in the rainforest, not only studying and learning, but having a real deep look about who I am and what I want from life and where do I want this to go for the foreseeable future. Hmm. Um, yeah. And the question was answered. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> it came, it came oh. to you. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, I came back from Costa Rica, said no to a job. So I was supposed to be then part of the, the full-time team in, uh, in Brian. Um, so this was what, three or four years ago. And uh, I said, uh, I can't move to Brighton. Everything's changed for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue becoming a yoga teacher. And obviously they were shocked, um, but the team were great and they were like, completely understand your decision. Thanks for letting us know. Mm. Um, you know, keep in touch and all this sort of stuff. Because I was really close with the the group that I worked with. Mm. So shout out to the BIM crew. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, so I had to get a job in a coffee shop. You know, because um, you don't just get home and you're suddenly a full time yoga teacher, as 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 any yoga teacher listening will. Well, no. So I, uh, I got a coffee shop job. Uh, not, not the most fond of, of that, of my boss there. So I won't name the, the coffee shop. I'm just going to keep it nice and <laughs> polite and happy. So I was doing that. But yeah, first week I was really, really fortunate in that my uh, long-term teacher was then actually setting up a franchise of Hot Pod. So he was a traditional Ashtanga and Mysore 
teacher hmm. and he was setting up hot pod and so he was leaving his classes you know at different studios since he so i've been his student for quite a while and he said dan would you like to take over my time slot so i was like whoa some big shoes to fill um so yeah i i took it over so i think in the first week i was teaching like four or five classes so straight off the bat it was quite a lot of classes to be doing and then it was, you know, seven days a week work amongst cafe and yoga. And then progressively more and more, the yoga became more and the cafe became less until it was just a Saturday job at a state agency and then pretty much full-time teaching roster. And then it was full-time teaching roster. And then that was anywhere between like 16 and 24 classes a week, mm. which eventually led to a re-examining of how much teaching I was doing mm. um, <laughs> because... Yeah, it got to, my passion started to slip. Um, giving too much, n not enough to myself. And mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something we could we could discuss if if that's of any interest. But, yeah, um, absolutely, man. But yeah, so that that that's the last. That was from let's say nineteen through to twenty seven. So that's mm. been yeah the last little while. So you taught in hot pod yoga? Yes, because I actually taught there for a little while. Went over to London to do the training as well. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they're all over the place. Um, when you talk about like teaching loads of classes, and it's funny now you don't teach any public classes. Isn't it? It's crazy how people have one vision of what a yoga teacher is. They don't think about, oh, actually, I could not teach any public classes and go around the world to do retreats if that was... What they wanted to do. What they wanted to do, exactly. Yeah. And if that, their, their speciality. Um, Business-wise, what's... Because this yesterday was your last workshop for 2018. For the year. Woo. Oh, time to chill. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, so business-wise, what's um, kind of on the horizon for you for 2019, Dan? Oh, That's yes. a great question. <laughs> um, questions, business 2019. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do less events. Um, next year that doesn't mean none I'm going to be doing two two or three international events a month um, quite a lot still <laughs> still quite a lot likely two um, or that might be let's say a CPD so I'm teaching three CPDs next year um, called the yoga teacher tune up which is geared at filling in all the blanks that are, are commonly missed from a 200 hour um, so I'm I'm really excited about that training, co-teaching with my friend Davin Jones. Mm. So if you've not heard of him, definitely check him out. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, we'll be teaching them in um, Doha, Paris and Ireland here, mm. back here again. Nice. Um, so it's going to be a 30-hour CPD. So yeah, I'm teaching them, uh, teaching a retreat or two next year. Details are uh, in con like being confirmed, but it's looking like Croatia and then one in the UK. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, studying more so there's a there's a few courses that i'm looking at doing next year mm. both for for movement and yoga and so i'll be doing another course with the frc group mm. i'll be doing a um a few quite a few with with massage and body work mm. um which is really really great and then i'll be looking at pri so doing some of their courses now that i start to understand the concept a bit more because it's very very deep i mm. feel like i'm ready to embark on that very deep journey yeah so yeah 2019 is looking like a lot more self study for me a lot more learning a lot more teaching and private clients lined up so be working with a, a handful of people around london and brighton 
because I'm not, I don't think I'm away longer than two weeks at a time mm. next year, which is nice. Mm. This year was a few intensive trainings, so away for four to six weeks. Mm. So next year it's going to allow me to have that uh, consistency mm. in routine and considering public classes again, considering mm. a couple classes in London, maybe a couple classes in Brighton, but keep it in a handful. Mm. So I'm, you know, they're, they're my babies that I'll be really, really uh, mm. excited about teaching, you know, yeah. and making it really fun and explorative and sharing some of this, this stuff that I'm learning. Mm. And massage clients starting to get a lot more into uh, that sort of clinical body work. It's mad though that that's, isn't, we, we need to, like, to take a step back and think that's your job. Isn't it weird to think that some people go, <laughs> well, not some people, 95% of people like I used to do, get up in the morning, get in the car, go to the office, sit all day at a desk. There's nothing wrong with that, but this is just the majority of people. And I remember when I was young, my mum would be like, we'd say, work in a bank, you know, work yeah. in a job where, you know, you wear a suit. And, and so now when I tell my mum and dad, ask me how's work going, I say, good. And I tell them a little bit. I can tell they don't really understand. As long as I'm happy, they're like, oh, that's great. Um, but when my dad, my dad doesn't have a clue. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but if I could say I work in a bank, he's like, oh, I, I can put that in my head. That makes sense. What do your mum and dad make you doing what you do? Yeah, they love it. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they think it's awesome. Do they? Yeah. Um, what do they do for a living? So my dad's a, an orthodontist and dentist. Okay. Um, my mum was a hygienist until sort of me and my sister were were born and grown up, and then she became the best mum. She became super mum. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what they do. So I guess both pretty traditional yeah. tra trajectories. But yeah, I, t to, to step back a second before I speak kindly about my parents is um, I think the, the, the great thing about, let's call it the nine to five or a, a traditional trajectory is that it provides that security mm. of on the 29th of the month, you know, in goes the money goes to paycheck and you know there is an element with certain job roles of it being the same thing every day but there's there's merits that come with that um mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't work for me mm -hmm. um you know i'm i was to put it politely a very energetic child um <laughs> and i'm a very energetic adult now <laughs> yeah. um so having that you know, sameness day in, day out for me really doesn't work. But for some people, it works really well. Yeah. Um, so not controversial, but to, to say something very real to, to people considering uh, an entrepreneurial career or a self-employed career is that you need to be very comfortable with the uncomfortable of there's no guarantees. And the minute you stop working is the minute you stop making money. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very self-regulated uh, vocation it requires a lot of discipline um, so it's, it's a very different beast but it's still a beast mm -hmm. and it comes with its own mm -hmm. challenges to, to figure out um, but for me that works mm -hmm. like I like that excitement and mm -hmm. I like being my own master and I like you know if I want to take six months off I can mm -hmm. and no one you know no one can say anything mm -hmm. obviously this which which is the great thing now about not having any public classes mm. aside from my commitments to training or workshops or retreats. Uh, what? That, 
as much as their commitments, it would look very bad for my business. But at the drop of a hat, I could cancel every single thing that I've got on next year, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. I love that if things change and I need to change, then, then there's a flexible approach. Um, but yeah, just a little piece to say on, on the world of building your own business. Mm-hmm. Come prepared to come prepared to work because mm-hmm. a lot of people you know are like gold odyssey they see the big lovely golden beacon of of where it is that they're headed and what they want from this uh thing that they're pursuing but then ignore all the like the rocks and the mountains and mm-hmm. the, the mud swamp yeah. <laughs> and the 50 million jillion rivers that you need to try and get across you know there's there's obstacles mm-hmm. and it's just coming at coming at that with like a really honest approach mm-hmm. and being like i still really want it and i'm i'm willing to overcome all of that stuff well to be even more literal people see you go in this place that place and it looks all glamorous and stuff but the amount of prep you, i mean, i'm that you have to put in for doing a teacher training. Yeah. The amount of, uh, you used to pump out five blog posts a week. I mean, the amount of work that takes that you don't see, and that is slogged. That's you at a desk or at a laptop or you know a, a coffee shop working, like doing what nine to five people are doing. So, um, and, and, also, and also you can put in the, definitely coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> and also you, you can put in the effort, but the other thing is, what, how much do you value yourself? So we were talking about this downstairs um, that I won't mention figures, but I know people that teach corporate classes and they get paid the same as they would at a, a public class. Yeah. Right? Because the corporate, some company that's got millions of quid has said, how much do you charge? And they just think, oh, I feel like I'm worth X amount, let's say 40 quid. I right? so I can say figures. But but my, my mentality is, um, I've not just the monetary side, but I've invested a lot in my 200 hour, 300 hour training. I've done more than that as well. And um, I, I'm i worth more than, I feel like I know my value. So you'd be surprised for the teachers out there, you, a closed mouth don't get fed. You know, you, you get what you, what you ask for sometimes. I mean, don't take the mick, but you know. No, definitely. But, um, and I think that's important because I've met so many people that are really lovely, sweet, teachers but they feel like because they're maybe not used to being their own boss they um they feel like they should let someone else take the lead in negotiation which is which is um they're doing themselves a massive disservice you know and you're not gonna maintain you're gonna have to keep that office job if you keep on going on that way you know mm-hmm. if you value yourself uh, very little in terms of money uh, uh, financially um and I think it takes a bit of gumption. I used to, before I did yoga teaching, I used to be a door-to-door salesman. <laughs> well, when, when that was my first job out of college, I used to knock door-to-door sell shampoo And um, when I was like 19. And I got used to asking, you know, you sell one lady a bottle of shampoo, then you say, oh, maybe, I'm sure you're, you've got a sister, she has hair, she washes her hair. Yeah, she does. Oh, you want two bottles of shampoo. And you know, <laughs> 15 bottles of shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, neighbour washes her hair too, right? yeah, You're like your neighbour, right? Okay. Um, so, um, but then that's put in my head that, oh, you actually get what you ask for. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes. So, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. But you have to ask. Yeah, of course. Yeah, if the, if the question's not asked, the, the answer's not given. Yeah, and um, I think that is important because you've been teaching for um, what, four years, as you said, but yet you've done so much mm-hmm. and you've made that happen. In a way. 
so humble. Yeah, but come on, man. But yeah, <laughs> but you have to. You, you're um, the... it's so to, yeah, just to get into that a little bit. Um, it's all. <clears throat> it comes back to self-value. So, um, so to like to to segue back, I guess, to the the parent conversation is. They've been like uh, always instilling in me and my sister from a young age of you. You need to pursue what you want to pursue, and what's going to fulfill you. And in that, don't let people take you for a what like for a ride, and to know your worth. So they they um, they were supportive with everything. So I was, I was considering medicine, dentistry, much like my dad. And then there was quite a uh, overnight decision of actually no, I want to pursue something I'm really passionate about, which was at the time music. And then there was almost an overnight decision of I'm going to become a yoga teacher, yeah. And they've been there like so supportive the whole ride. They've been like, yeah, you know. And you know, I moved back to my parents when I first became a yoga teacher because it was sort of like I had no income, I had nothing. So they were like, yeah, doors open. So I can't thank them enough for that. But the whole time they've been like, you know, you you need to know how good you are. Or not at something like mm -hmm. check yourself, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> kind of thing. But you know, um, and and from that, then know what to say yes and no to, and 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 don't allow yourself to be taken for granted. Mm -hmm. So to bring that back then to the to the question you just asked about all this stuff about you know asking for what you're worth and and then you know what I've achieved in the in the small time of that I've been doing everything so far yes and no like I, I think it's more honest for me to say that I've been open to opportunities that have presented themselves and then stepped up um, so I taught internationally for the first time in Sweden with a really good friend Greta um, She's an amazing person. Anyone that's like, yeah. she's she's around the world as well. Go and go and attend some of her stuff. She's she's a, a, a very amazing teacher, and uh, we co-taught some workshops in Sweden, which was fantastic. I was just going to visit her as, as a friend, but then she was like, "Ah, oh, well, I'm doing these workshops the weekend. You're coming. Why don't we teach them together?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." <clears throat> and um, but then it was off the back of that that then someone on Instagram saw that. Uh, I was traveling and teaching and um, they thought I was American and they were like oh no he's Welsh okay um, he you know lives down the down the road so to speak you know across the pond so they were like would you be interested in coming out here if we host you for a weekend and workshops and um, I was like oh, yeah like you know and it only then kind of started to think like oh like this is what you know this is what my heroes do you know <laughs> This is what Dylan does and Patrick does and Megan Curry does. You know, I was like, whoa, like these these people are doing that. And then it only became like a consideration of maybe this is something I could do. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all ears. And, you know, I could have been flying to the arse end of nowhere to, to visit a shed with one person in. Like I didn't really know a huge amount about where I was going. Um, but fortunately for me, it was hosted by... Kevin and, and Sarah, um, Sarah Corey, she's an amazing Irish teacher in Limerick. Kev is an amazing teacher also there. So mm. Irish people go and check them out. Lovely people, amazing teachers. Mm. Um, and then the connection to that then is uh, I had um, Sarah's friend, Carol Murphy, attend attend the workshops. Um, much love, Carol. Yeah, much need, love. Need to see you soon. And um, <laughs> fortunately for me, <laughs> I didn't know who she was or the prowess and the experience <laughs> that she has in the, in the yoga world. 
because you know she's a very experienced and very knowledgeable person. Um, again, for those of you that haven't heard of Carol, she's on the podcast, so listen to that. Nice, <laughs> lovely, and an amazing teacher. So um, I've been fortunate enough. Then that off the back of that, we we collaborated, and she invited me to to do some workshops and to teach on her teacher trainings. Mm. Um, which is then the start of more. So it's kind of been from one stepping stone to another, but I was very um, excited, but also, you know, a little, a little nervous. I was like, okay, am I ready for this? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, the, the, I forget the name of, of the person, but it's the kind of thing of like, if an opportunity presents itself and you don't feel ready, say yes and then get ready. Richard Branson. There we go, Richard Branson. Right. I mean, maybe someone, but Dan, the key thing there is, so as I said, um, when I said you made that happen, you said, you asked, am I ready? As opposed to, I'm not ready. Yeah. You'll never, as you said, you'll never be ready. You, we're, we're never ready. I've, I'm doing a lecture on s- Saturday and I'm shitting myself. Uh, and I don't feel ready, but I know I'm going to be a bit nervous doing it. But if you're nervous, it's good. Yeah. It, it's, it's nervous excitement, whatever. It's important to me. Um and I think that is important so what I'm not I know I probably sound a bit um, like uh, arrogant or something saying you made that happen but I have that I work on my own as you do when you work on your own a lot you ain't you don't have a boss or a colleague to say good job on that keep going or stop doing that that's not that's not going to give you the same return as this activity so I, uh, my girlfriend takes a mick at me because I'm always self-talking uh, and I'll be in the kitchen talking to myself going, talking about the podcast going, yeah, we got 49 reviews and we're doing really well. And, she, <laughs> and she's like, are you talking to me or yourself? I'm like, I'm talking to myself because this is like what a boss would say to you. Yeah. So I talk to myself as if I'm my own employee, which sounds a bit odd. Um, and I big myself up sometimes like, Kev, you're, you're doing well and keep going. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I... There's that thing of saying, I don't know, when you don't know something. Yeah, but, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, you don't know what you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I think, having those nerves and, and you know, they're like a reminder of the effort that you need to put in. And if you want to provide a, a really amazing experience or, you know, facilitate an environment for people to do their own growth, then it comes with a lot of effort. Mm. And like you were saying is... There's the uh, the other side of my job that I do share. I do talk about it in my blogs and I do talk about it on my Instagram that people don't see of of the the emails and the management of the events before I get there and the you know between twenty and hundred and fifty or two hundred hours worth of stuff that I'm going to be teaching mm. is that needs to be prepped and the content needs to be designed and created mm-hmm. before I deliver it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So my job never ends. Mm-hmm. Like the the great thing is I, for, I often don't know what the day of the week is. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I wake up and I'm like, oh God, mm-hmm. lovely, have a lie in today. It's a, it's a Wednesday and my girlfriend's getting up like, oh. <laughs> 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 you know, but then it might be that on the Sunday when everyone else is having brunch because their working week has ended, I'm still, I wake up and do all my emails and I'm getting everything prepped for when I had to, Iceland the the next Thursday, um, so it's, it never ends. And then now with with the stuff like I'm designing three online programs because that's the the thing I've been asked most. Do you have any of these drills or do you have any of this stuff online that I can follow along in my own time? Mm. So that's a shameless plug there. So the, they'll be out in the new year. <laughs> um, Love it. Yeah, three programs for people approaching handstand because it's the yeah. main thing I teach. 
But again, that is then a revenue stream that is ticking away without me having to keep, you know, well, I'm going to have to keep an eye on it, you know, but once that content is created and I can put it out, then hopefully that's another a stream of income or, mm-hmm. you know, doing collaborative things or interviews or podcasts or these other things that are ticking over on in the background. It's mm-hmm. just spreading more and more awareness. Facebook marketing. The thing, the thing with being a yoga teacher now is it's, it's, you can, you can have a, a very sex, uh, successful career without doing any of this stuff, but I'm a believer in that you need to play the game. So not only do you need to be a great teacher, you need to be a great business person, you need to be a great self-representative, mm-hmm. you need to be a great public speaker, you need to be great at collaboration, you need to be a great at teamwork, you need yeah. to be a great host, mm-hmm. you need to be great at... Uh, Critiquing yourself as yeah. well. <laughs> but two Review, th- yeah. T- two things I want to touch on, touch on it, Dan. One is... Um, The opportunities that have come to you, mm-hmm. okay, but you but you made yourself available. I, I, for example, you put a post on Instagram. Yeah, you you you. If you didn't put that post on Instagram, maybe someone wouldn't have seen it and wouldn't have invited you to do this thing. So oh, for sure, for loads of people, including like everyone, everyone at some stage has been like, oh, I don't want to post this because who am I to say this? And I, there's always going to be someone who knows a bit better than you or can do a more impressive pose than you. Mm. But if you think that way, nothing's going to happen. You need no. to you need to set put yourself out there, and that's really important. Um, you only ever um, sorry to, to no, come, it's all good. You, you're you're only ever sharing what you know. You can't you can't share anything else. That yeah, you, you don't know exactly. And you shouldn't feel ashamed of sharing the things that you feel you have something to say about. I mean, yeah. it's being diplomatic for sure yeah. and considerate. Um, but Instagram, for instance, is a platform on which we can share our, our thoughts, feelings, and images. And yeah. obviously it's much more picture-based or video-based, but I'm a big fan of writing a, a big old long-winded caption below because mm-hmm. that's where I like to express deeper meaning for a post. Um, and yeah, <laughs> to, to cut it short, yeah, Instagram, I, I feel is a, or any social media for that matter, is a necessary beast because um, many, many opportunities have arisen out of Instagram for me. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching in Dubai at a festival, or mm-hmm. teaching, teaching in Ireland, and teaching and teach, teaching in Sweden. And te- to be honest, teaching in, in the majority of the places that I've taught in all came out of one post saying I'm teaching in Sweden with my friend. Everything enough. So that's that's exactly isn't it? And 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 but the main thing people struggle with is comparison. Eve, yesterday at the workshop you were talking about going from an L-sit into a handstand and how you're currently training that. And you and I said, put my hand up, what, what's the challenge for you? And everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, thing is, you could say compare yourself, I'm not saying you do, but just say hypothetically speaking to say Dylan Werner. Yeah. All right. Which is the same as me. Shout com- out Dylan. Shout out Dylan. <laughs> but don't Absolute have to go. beast. Yeah. Dylan, if you're listening, you want to be on the podcast. Uh, but... Um, um, but that's like me comparing myself to you or, you, or, you know, there's always going to be someone who can do something slightly more impressive than you, maybe. But that doesn't mean you don't have, we don't have value to share, you know, yeah. and you don't have to do a handstand to share something of value on Instagram. Um, no. And understand that it's not the be all and end all. Someone looks at your post, they like it or they don't like it, they move on to the next thing. Don't make a massive, I know some people struggle with anxiety, thinking, oh, well, this thing, I want to say this, I don't want to say that. But, yeah. but but put what is true to you out there and you, you can't go wrong. Um, so just a, it's a nice thing to talk about there. I think um, it's a nice 
thing to think about rather than comparison is inspiration. So, you know, I've, I've hung out with Dylan a couple of times, or a few times now, and um, amazing teacher, great guy. So if anyone's not heard of Dylan, I'm sure you have, but if, if you haven't, um, yeah, an amazing teacher. Um, obviously loads of stuff online, but go and meet the guy in person. He's a, a fantastic teacher. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's not... It's not a comparison. Is that if if he didn't if he didn't exist in that world of stuff, and didn't make me think like, wow, that's, that stuff's possible. That stuff that I definitely can't do is possible. For me now is possible, mm-hmm. and it was a grind, and I worked really hard. But if I just took that self defeatist of like, I'll never do that, then yeah, it's, it's going to be a very depressing world. But if you look at someone and go, wow, this. This could be possible for me if my body allows it. Let's have a go. Then it opens up a world because there's always bigger fish. Like, that's a tough pill to swallow. But, like, you know, there's always bigger fish, stronger fish, more flexible fish. And you just got to, like, love your body for for where it is and where it's at and what it is capable of and then work with it. So, like I shared yesterday in the workshop, I was saying, like, when when you are, if you're choosing to strive for a goal, is that it's always measuring your progress and success from where you started. So, you know, you just started day one. You know, how did I do? I went pretty badly. I wasn't able to do any of the things that I wanted to do. Okay, let's check back in. Day 10. Ah, I can do this now. What can I do on day one? Absolutely nothing. What can I do now? A little bit more. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if you're on day 10 looking at, to use the guy, Dylan Werner, Mm -hmm. who's on day a million jillion because he's put in years and years of dedication to his practice it didn't happen by accident you're going to feel defeated because you've been trying for 10 days and he's put in years and years of of incredibly uh high amounts of work so it's always measuring yourself against yourself Mm. and measuring yourself against where you started not where you're going inspiration not comparison yeah that's massive um so another the other thing I wanted to touch on was revenue streams. Revenue streams. You we we chatted about this yesterday. By the way, me, me and Dan have basically spent a whole weekend together. We were chatting about a lot. We're best buds now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a bromance going on, <laughs> dare I say. <laughs> but um so revenue streams. Okay. Let's say the handstand. Um, online um, the uh, course you were doing so if you listen to what you thought okay this is something I excel at this is something I'm I'm really good at you listen to what the people want and you give them what they want yeah for people out there who can't do handstands it could be a sound sound baths it could be anything but there's value in everything uh, as long as you pick it and uh, put it out there but I I think that's so this is I mean another reason like having a podcast this is potential revenue stream you know hopefully it is it will be it will be yeah that's it positive language (laughs) so actually I yeah okay I won't go into that but there's some potential news regarding the podcast and exciting stuff yeah (laughs) so um but it's having the looking at people like yourself and have that inspiration of wow you can you can do this you can do that you can you can do beyond teacher trainings and then you can host your own teacher training you, all you need is a space yeah and obviously doing and an audience and an audience yeah um, but there's there's endless amounts of of, of revenue streams mm. and it's not just not just the fact that you can do loads of stuff but think about I think being stable. As you said, there's a there's 
benefit in nine to five because every 29th of every month you get that paycheck. Yeah. If, you've, if you're teaching at one studio and that's your only revenue source, the boss wakes up tomorrow and he goes, I don't need you anymore. You, you're, you're, but you, you, I mean, it's the same for, that's the same for nine to fivers too. Yes, yeah, same for nine to so what? Sorry, Dan, what I'm going to say, just my point is that like, if you've got seven revenue streams, you've got retreats, you're teaching at three different studios, you've got a podcast. Yeah. That the, if one studio doesn't want you anymore, that's only a percentage of your income, like one seventh of your income. You Very know? Good, nice. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> saved it there. Um, and that's that's going to make you have more control over your revenue, your your um, your Agreed. bank balance. Yeah, it's, they say the the average the average millionaire has between seven and twelve revenue streams. Um, yeah, I'm not a millionaire <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> um, yeah. Exactly. I think. Um, yeah, it's all it's all potentiality, right? Mm. You you've got to be opening yourself to to many different possibilities for these things to happen. Mm. Um, but it, it's all a, all of these pursuits, you know, an exchange in energy. So you've got to give time to them. So that's that's the big thing is it's a it's a slow burner, mm-hmm. you know. Like um, looking at these different revenue streams. I agree. Yeah, if you've got multiple sources of income. If one dries up, then you know you're you're hope you're hopeful and, and reliant then on the others. Mm-hmm. Um, but the this security is perceived, right? And um, the rug can always be pulled out from under your feet. It doesn't matter if you're a nine to five or if you've got seven revenue screen. Like, what if they all flop? You know, and it's getting comfortable of the uncomfortable. But you can only you can only ever do your best, and you can only have a hopeful outlook. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, you know, the the glass is half full, not the glass is half empty, full of shit. You know, mm-hmm. like you've got to have a, a positive outlook on on life um, in these ventures of trying. And I think the the thing with with this is like you're saying, if like you know, the people have spoken, so I'm providing something that <laughs> has been has been asked for like oh you should have you not considered putting classes online have you not considered like creating a program with all of these things in and i'm like i have considered but the hours that, that it takes to do that to to film 60 plus videos to write all these programs um and you know that's a collaborative effort with a a, a good friend and colleague of mine alex who's um one of the most knowledgeable people i've ever ever met uh, integrative fitness training alex kirkup Check him out. Uh, if you're in Cardiff, go and see him in person. He's a, like a whole, he's just a genius. <laughs> An mm. awesome, awesome genius. Um, so it's been an honor to work with him. But the point I'm getting at is that it's being, um, it's analytical. And if you're gonna invest energy, relevancy is is key. So, you know, it'd be, for me, it'd be completely useless to do an, an online training for flower arranging. There's an audience, and if I marketed that correctly, then maybe I'd reach some people and, and the cash flow would start coming in. But likely, like the, the majority of, of the people that I'm gonna come into contact surrounding what I do, it would be an, an, a wholly not at all relevant. Mm. Um, so for people considering these multiple income streams of like doing doing different things to to provide even you know and in my opinion uh, an income stream could be income of relevance or like people becoming aware of who you are 
I think that's powerful because, you know, one person that sees your free YouTube class may then pay to come to your retreat. So it's not always immediate, you know, pounds dropping in your bank. It's long-term investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and just creating something that you feel has value. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I can't remember the name of the author, um, but it's more about being a go-giver, okay, not a go-getter. What's the name of the book, do you know? I can't remember. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like if I'll you, find out and I'll, I'll send it to you. and You can put it in the notes or something. Yeah, if, um, yeah. If you if you're willing to give value, um, it will come back to you. Yeah, um, but but um, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and also security is perceived. But if if all seven you have seven every students they all go, you have to be able to adapt, adapt or die. Flexibility, flexibility, <laughs> in, flexibility. The, in the life sense, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, mate, that was phenomenal. How, how are we doing for time? Have a little check. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so now we're gonna have some brekkie and get you, get you to the airport. Yeah, man. Thank so, you for uh, having me. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, if anyone wants to check out Dan, it's D C M Lifestyle. Yeah, dot com. If you Google DCM Lifestyle Yoga or Dan Morgan Yoga, you'll find you'll find my website, my Instagram, my Facebook. Um, and yeah. Keep an eye out. Sign up to my mailing list. Um, that's where I update all people on retreats and trainings and online programs. Yeah. Um, programs, for those of you that are interested, are set to come out in the new year. Um, and yeah, if you're in, in Brighton, come and say hello. Um, come to, to workshops, come to retreats. And uh, I always love to meet people. So it's like a finishing note of what you're saying of like this, you know, value and giving. It's kind of like my whole ethos of going above and beyond for the people that decide to turn up is the the least as a teacher you can do is to give that back mm-hmm. um you know of not being a close-hearted person of my job is done and i'm out the door um so i hope to see you on the mat you know yeah. sometime soon brilliant though thanks man cheers mate thanks for listening next week i have with me myself me myself and i i'm gonna do a christmas special This will be a review of 2018, Uh, my highlights, my lowlights, what I learned and hopefully what I can share with you, giving it a bit of a Christmas theme. Oh yeah, I'll probably just wear a Christmas hat while I'm talking, something like that. But um, yeah, so tune in for that. It'll be episode 28, the Christmas special. And as always, if you enjoy, please leave a rating on iTunes and a review and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week. Chat to you next week.